0: Hey everyone, it's Friday, July 31st. Welcome to episode 23 of the Ginger and the Beard podcast. All right, let's do this what's up guys i'm aj aka the ginger and i'm reese aka the beard on this week's show as always we'll be drinking a couple of tasty craft beers talking about khabib namurga medov's last two fights in the ufc talking about elon musk's Neuralink, nasa's launch of the perseverance mars rover discussing high-res studios rogue company third person shooter and so much more
1: Yes, there is so much to cover. Really excited for this. But before we dig in, how was your week, sir?
0: It was really good. I just want to take a minute to say I'm proud of myself for making it through that paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> dude,
1: even even just saying Nurmagomedov, I was like impressed. Nur- and you went on from there. <laughs> so bravo. Yeah.
0: that was like, I wrote that paragraph. And then I'm like, dude, that was just too much. <laughs> that
1: was intense, man. I was like, oh, jeez. Oh, say so that good. two times fast. You probably won't be able to. <laughs>
0: Nope, no way. But yeah, my week was good, man. It was another week at home with the kids. All of us, well, everyone except for myself seems to be fully recovered from whatever was going on. I still have that lingering cough that just will like, not go away. But we were just talking about before we started, <clears throat> the the nasaliness is starting to kind of clear up a little bit. But, um, you know, still, I don't know. I'm still waiting on my test results to figure out if it was coronavirus. And it's kind of a bummer because it's holding us back from <clears throat> doing a lot of stuff that we wanted to do we had some we have some family things going on um back home that we kind of really need to be there for but it's not really worth um you know it's i don't want to say it's not worth but it's just it's it's a hard thing to risk when you've got elderly folks at home and and those who are maybe a little bit more at risk and if this is the coronavirus it's just a scary thought to potentially bring that you know home to affect them so it's been a it's been an interesting last few days. It's just kind of annoying waiting this long to get the results, but um, you know, yeah, that's it what it is.
1: Sucks, man. I thought you would have those results by now because you know they told I thought they told you like five business days, and I mean it's definitely been you know five business days. So yeah, yeah it's
0: they a said It said seven to ten. Oh, and, they did. Um, okay. Yeah, I've I've talked to it a bit, but then my kids got the test and got the results in like two days. I think it's all dependent on, like, who you go to to get the test and where they send it into and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but then I've had, like, my boss, for instance, she had gotten a test and was told three to four days was to turn around. This was, like, a month or so ago. Um, and ended up taking 13 days to get the results. So, oh, it's just, man. I think, yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's who knows, you know. Um, but anyways. Yeah, probably so. I can only imagine. But. I'm sure they're working on it as fast as they can. But anyways, how was your week, man? Uh, it was good. It was good. Um, so I do. So
1: I feel like I wonder if your kids have the antibodies. If, if it is coronavirus, like then you get, they might have the antivirus. Anyway, who knows? <laughs> Never mind. Um, my week's been uh, very interesting. It's probably been one of the more interesting weeks of, of my, you know, uh, life at this house. Pretty much my wife and I's. Um, we were getting insulation put in, in our attic and one of the guys was up there. He got shocked and, uh, yeah. And so we found out that there was like a, there was a squirrel up there at one point that had chewed into (sighs) the wires. And so there's been an exposed wire up in our attic for a while. So we have to get an electrician out here, um, to get that fixed. And we don't have any insulation in our attic right now. So it's like kind of hot. Oh Um, gosh. Yeah. And so then... You know, on top of that, uh, you know, come to find out that, um, you know, we had some other issues with other parts of our house. We found out that we um, have to get uh, a test done for asbestos tile. We're going to be doing that this week to see if we have asbestos tile in our house. And, you know, so it's just been like a really just been a crazy, crazy week as far as like homeownership goes. So, um, oh, my gosh, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel just, like we have to, we're probably going to have to deal with this stuff for like another month and then we'll probably be, you know, f- through it. So it's just going to be, it's just going to be a long month, you know?
0: I hope so, dude. That's just one thing after another is the <laughs> is the, the guy that got shocked, is he okay?
1: Uh, yeah, he was, he was actually fine. Like he, it was just like very, very minor, you know, um, yeah. like nothing crazy at all and uh he was just like oh that shocked me you know but it wasn't <laughs> like uh you know it wasn't like zzzz. it wasn't like anything yeah. like that you know right it, was it
0: wasn't like in the cartoons where his body turned translucent and you could see his bones and like an outline of electricity it was
1: like that but just for like the smallest portion of a second you know <laughs> it's just it's really weird really weird I haven't seen something like that before yeah somebody oh, had man, to... that's yeah
0: it's weird that's crazy. That's that's some scary stuff, too, To have an exposed wire in your attic um, that can cause obviously fires. That's, that's just not good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I hope for the best for you guys, man. That's just tough.
1: It's just weird. Weird, man. Hopefully we can get through it. And, you know, um, just looking on for brighter days. I'm just happy we're doing the podcast, dude. Let's do it.
0: Yes, let's do it. So you ready to move into our first segment?
1: Yeah, man, let's do this. All right. I'm going to transition right. us. Oh, here we are, guys. I, I do want to give you a quick reminder um, that if you're enjoying the show, uh, make sure to follow us here on Twitch. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Also subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Woo! And if you really want to help us grow, tell a friend, man. Just tell a friend. We're getting more people downloading us. It's really nice. We're loving what we're doing here. Uh, and as always, guys, we always appreciate your support.
0: And we're glad you're here with us. So thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. Um, Cheers to all you guys out there! And with that, I think we should break into the "What you drinking" segment. So let's start with you, man. We always start with me for some reason. What are you drinking tonight? Oh man!
1: All right. Well, hold on. I want to. I want to just go ahead and talk about the voters real quick, right? The Instagram voters. Uh, so let me show you the, the sh- let's show you the votes real quick, right? So we had Wicked Weed Brewing. Um, the label said Funcatorium, but come to find out it's actually called Labonte Rose, which it doesn't say that it doesn't say Labonte Rose. Oh, it says it on the back. I oh. see it now,
0: but oh, it's like, man. usually Perfect sense,
1: usually <laughs> like it says Funcatorium right there. So we thought it was called Funcatorium. It's no. not. It's actually called Labonte Rose. So it was Labonte Rose uh, versus Goza Colada. And uh, well, you could see on screen it was, you know, uh, you know it was it was a landslide victory for uh good old wicked weed um labonte rose so um very excited about this i was excited either way we either way it went tonight but uh labonte rose by wicked weed um I'm not sh- I'm going to probably butcher some of this right so this is a uh, Bredenomus's farmhouse ale Bredenomus's is a it's a yeast culture essentially one of a a special type of yeast culture so it's fermented with grapes as well it's 5.7 ABV so uh you know a little bit more than your typical light beer but eh, not too crazy um inspired by rosé wines interesting enough uh labonte rose is fermented with the the culture it's uh then blended with uh, golden sour onto a half pound per gallon of small batch um grapes and cascade <laughs> skins from the 2018 harvest in their willamette valley of oregon so it's then aged in stainless steel and in their fodor until it reaches wine-like perfection really so cool Intense. really cool um wasn't able to find like a whole lot online about this beer so you know let me just give you guys my opinion of it once i can crack this sucker open um i forgot my beer opener downstairs again so i'm using my (laughs) multi-tool Got oh we're good we're good the multi-tool did me justice today so thank you mr multi-tool and uh and here we got here we go guys let's see what kind of color we got here uh okay so pretty much golden it's got a slight tint of uh of of like a pink just a very very slight tint of pink to it and um but mostly golden you can um see that it's you know a little bit uh a little bit shady in there you can't see straight through it um at all i think once i pulled poured that last bit through it kind of uh um what's the word i'm looking for not shady but like hazy hazy that's the word i'm looking for so it's a bit hazy uh, let's go ahead and give this sucker a sip
0: nice yeah i've actually had some wicked weed i've had their appalachia session ipa so
1: okay that sounds good too i like session so um the foam on it isn't as uniform as i had expected but that's okay you know it still has a good taste um you know it certainly tastes like a sour um tastes like more like a traditional sour. So it's a farmhouse ale. Uh, so not technically a gosa. Tastes more like a traditional type of sour. Um, not really. I mean, I'm definitely getting some grapes, but just like very faint. Um, it's not as salty as I would have expected. Um, yeah. You know, it uh, tastes like you would expect a, um, a beer that has gone you know, like slightly bad to taste like a standard type of beer. Right. But like, that's what they were. I'm pretty sure that's what they were going for on this. So that's kind of what you get. And, you know, not bad. I mean, certainly I don't think this is a beginner's. I don't think this is a beginner's beer. Right. If you're just getting into sours, this is more like mid to advanced, I would say. Um, So if your palate's not ready for this type of beer, you should probably start with something a little bit lighter uh and like work your way up to this because if you crack this sucker open you probably going to think something's wrong with it um but <laughs> it's not it's that's what it's supposed to be like and you know frankly it's uh not bad so definitely recommend like,
0: it it reminds me of like stinky cheese it's like if you don't know your cheeses and you walk past that really blue moldy looking cheese in the store and you're like why in the hell does that cost so much money <laughs>
1: yeah yeah dude exactly it's it's
0: yeah good good uh analogy there it's it's just like that so this this was aged in the dirtiest of basements for a hundred years <laughs> smells we put like
1: we put socks in it we threw yeah.
0: moldy mushrooms you know it's all nasty it smells like bunghole and feet <laughs> do you want some oh <laughs> no
1: oh no not like this <laughs> uh, come drink our man. come drink our beer it, just, it smells yeah. like dirty socks
0: <laughs> i like your i like your description i like your your review review on that one it doesn't sound like something i would probably be into but for someone like yourself is more of an experienced sour <clears throat> drinker that sound like a pretty intense uh pretty intense brewing process so pretty yeah good, man.
1: yeah man definitely i think i think if you drank this you wouldn't have an issue with it but i think it might you might take like a might have like an a, an eye opening moment like a, for a second and be like huh all right i'll <laughs> i'll take another sip
0: sure let me just try that out.
1: Yeah, man. So Very what nice, are you drinking?
0: Man. Very nice. All right, cool. So the voters, again, on, on Instagram, if you guys haven't checked us out on Instagram yet, make sure you do, at least on Thursdays, because we always throw up in our stories a poll for what we will be drinking in the, in the Friday, so today's show. So the voters, for me, as you can see in the episode, in the um, picture here, it was between the New Realm Brewing Tyrannosaurus Flex over the Flying Dog um putting what is it something night putting which is a reference to caddyshack movie I have, to be honest with you guys have never seen the whole thing of caddyshacks so i'm not really sure what the reference was but anyways um the tyrannosaurus flex came out on top and of course he would he's the king he's the king of the ipas the look king at of him. the double ipas look so at this those beer. little biceps yeah man he's got such tiny little arms so cute <laughs> um t- tell me if my camera goes blurry if i put anything too close to it it like loses its mind it's good um, it's readjusted it's tiny pea brain can't handle the, the focusing both um, of your
1: cans were just like so vibrant and colorful dude <laughs> i know
0: that's why i was i was kind of surprised you know i feel like the voters lean towards the better looking can just just we're all visual beings but yeah. um so anyways the tyrannosaurus flex from new realm brewing i heard about this beer first that towards the end of last year it was a limited release I think I did actually get my hands on some of it, but then it went away for a while, and it recently made some headlines um, locally because it's a local brewery, um, because they actually won the People's Choice Award for best 16-ounce can design in the country, oh wow, as awarded by Craft Beer Marketing Awards. So pretty cool. They got some recognition locally for that, um, and because I guess because of that, they re-released it over the summer or like pretty recently and uh have a bunch of you know t-shirts out with the can design on there some special edition glasses out Uh, i haven't picked up any of those yet but there's a potential that i might so let's go ahead and give this a pour
1: nice oh look at that
0: move to this side
1: yeah we can see it looks good looks kind of similar to the one i just poured Little hazy. Yeah,
0: so I probably have to like give the bottom the bottom uh, bit a little bit of swirly action and pour the rest of that in a second. But yeah, as described, it's a double. It's a hazy double IPA. This is actually part of New Round Brewing's. Um, <clears throat> what do they call it? Um, sorry, New lineup. It They're monsters and myths double IPA series. So Ooh. they've got another one in there called uh, um, Jacked Squash instead of Sasquatch Jacked Squash. Um, it's got a cool like Sasquatch can design. That's cool, <laughs> but uh, this is brewed with all Australian hops, which include Galaxy, Ella, Vic Secret, and Waka hops. Um, but it's supposed to have a very citrusy, citrusy aroma and taste. Definitely get a lot of the citrus and fruit fruit off the aroma on that.
1: Looks refreshing.
0: Oh, it is so refreshing. I, I, you know, I try to stray away from IPAs because I don't want to be just an IPA guy. But damn it every time i drink one so good
1: bringing you back
0: yeah very bitter there wasn't an ibu rating on this but it's definitely high up there i would say probably somewhere in the you know 60 to 80 ibu range if i had to put a number on it so pretty bitter then okay yeah very very bitter not overly hopped though i wouldn't say overly hopped by any means even though there are so many different strains of hops in there um but definitely citrus up front and you kind of get that bitter aftertaste in the back, which I I prefer. I like to I like the lingering bitterness from my IPAs. Some people aren't a fan of that, but I actually like to continue tasting it for a few minutes after each sip. Yeah, um, that's that's how I am with coffee actually, which is weird. Yeah,
1: people I like extremely dark coffee that's really bitter, and I like it to. People are like, "Oh my god, it's terrible!" It's like, I, "Yeah, I yeah. like it."
0: Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. So I gave a little there swirl of the can. Swirly swirl of the can will do you wonders, guys. If you have a sixteen ouncer for sure. You get that maybe wow. a swirl. now look at the, look at the haze. Now oh. that's where the haze is at. That changed yeah. everything. It's a whole yeah. new whole new ball game. Got some extra head there. Um but yeah, the reason that happens, I think, is the cans sit and the sediment kind of settles right. towards the bottom. And to your point, if you're not you haven't drink many like craft IPAs, you might see that sediment at the bottom of your glass and think something's not right, but it's actually you know, it just settles that way. And if you swirl it around and give it another pour, you'll get all that haze come through. So, yep. delicious beer. Shout out New Realm for that. Um Also, just check out our Instagram because I actually tagged the guy who designed that can. I believe his name is Eric. <clears throat> um, but he we gave him a little shout out on, on our Instagram page. You know, go give that guy some kudos for winning that cool award, designing that can. Shout out, Eric. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. so moving on from that delicious beers, you guys let us know what you're drinking, but we got some interesting news in the beer world as well, I think,
1: yeah, so do you want me to go ahead and do my news or you want to do yours
0: uh let's go ahead and start with the with the the top one here we we'll, because it transitions well into the second one, but perfect um coca cola uh you may know them for their delicious soda beverages. But you may not know that they own tons of different brands. I think they own like 400 brands or something like that. I can't, I think that's the number I read, but I could be exaggerating a little bit. Wouldn't doubt Um, it. Yeah. But they are actually getting into the booze game. Coca Cola is getting into the booze game, guys. So it's not really booze. That's a kind of an overstatement. Um, (laughs) um, But it's more of a hard seltzer. So their brand, the brand that they own is called Topo Chico. Um, they produce sparkling waters and mineral waters. You might, you most likely probably um, have never seen uh, them in the stores because I think they're mostly a Latin, in Latin markets. So similarly, the beer, the hard seltzer that they will be producing will hit U.S. stores in 2021, but it will first release in those Latin markets. Um, interestingly enough, this is not the first time that coca-cola has made an alcoholic beverage i did not know this and it's probably because it was before i was born they released a line of wines called wine spectrum back in 1983 wow um but you know finally just to round that off you're wondering why in the heck does does coca-cola want to get in the beer game well or sorry the hard seltzer game because they want a piece of that pie number one thanks to corona corona has affected many industries in many different ways but If you can imagine Coca-Cola, gets a large portion of their revenue from people going out to restaurants, and they have Coca-Cola exclusivity. You know, they're selling Coke products um, solely; they don't sell Pepsi products. You know, Um, because of that, their sales, their earnings fell twenty-eight percent, twenty-eight percent. Wow! In the second quarter of twenty twenty. Not surprised. Again, they're attributing that to out-of-home sales, which is those restaurant sales, vending machines, things like that. No kids um, in
1: cafeterias drinking Coca-Cola, yeah.
0: Yeah, addicted to the caffeine. Those caffeine-fiend kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what. <laughs> so, to get some of that, to earn some, some of that back, they're, they're looking to the hard seltzer market because the hard seltzer market totaled $3 billion in sales. Year-to-date. Year-to-date. Um, so... So you think they're, they're trying to get some of that money back, man. But that's that's kind of interesting, right?
1: Whole new ball game, dude. Whole new ball game. Yeah, I think that they're going to have to. They're going to have to make these moves, right? Because, you know, I, I think as things go on, you know, they'll probably keep losing. Um, so they're going to have to diversify and get into, you know. I mean, they're already in all kinds of different markets, tea and, you know, sports drinks and all kinds of different stuff. So, I mean, it makes sense that they diversify. Yeah. Um, did you know that they used to put cocaine in their cocoa in their product? The I did guy know that the, the guy that originally um, the guy that originally like came up with the um, uh, recipe basically included cocaine in it so that more people would drink theirs and it would give you the you know the extra kick right. And so at at one point in time they removed the cocaine they made it illegal. But I'm interested if you knew this. They still are the only legal – they still have the only legal manufacturing and warehouse that actually um, produces cocaine today legally. Really? Hmm. And they still put – it's not cocaine, but they still put a derivative of cocaine into Coca-Cola today. Wow. And that's why it has that that extra little flavor that – nobody can really kind of put their finger on the that's a de- that's that's the secret sauce is a derivative of cocaine fact check me wow. on it man
0: that's it dude it's cra- isn't that weird that's so weird. Insane. It's yeah. insane it is that's, insane. that's what that's what that corporate money gets you man yeah they get to yeah, have yeah, cocaine yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it, government. We're not we're not selling cocaine, guys. Okay, we're just using the derivative for the just the derivative. The rest this, of the plant, meh. I don't know. This justin <laughs> CEO of
1: Coca Cola spends too much time at special plant. Comes yeah. out with white powder all over his body. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, he's been rolling around
0: in it. No, no, what no, no. This <laughs> is this this is the special ingredient in our coke coca- in our Coca Cola.
1: <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just I I got the Corona. I got the sniffles. You know. You know, don't mind me.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I'm interested. Are you going to buy some Coca-Cola booze and, and
0: give it a sip? Probably not. You know, I'm not really a hard seltzer guy. And if I was to pick up a hard seltzer, there's plenty other options out there. But, you know, maybe just for the show. Maybe we'll pick one up just for the show.
1: Yeah. I mean, certainly I would prefer to support smaller um you know craft uh you know brewers uh, you know makers of this type of uh you know hard seltzer but yeah i don't know it might be interesting just for the show to to pick it up but yeah yeah anyway (laughs) (laughs) uh so kind of i guess you could kind of segue off of that because it kind of goes hand in hand with the coca-cola earnings falling so um you know with 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 theirs falling more people have been turning to um You know, aluminum cans, instead of like going to the bar and getting a pint in a glass, you know, you're 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 likely going to the store, getting a six pack and bringing it home, you know, and more and more people are doing that now. And so can manufacturers have reported that they're operating at a loss. Uh, they're operating at capacity with no quick or easy way to increase production, basically. So they're, I mean, they're maxed out right now. They're saying that they won't have any additional, you know, resources implemented until late 2021. So, like, this is it. This is happening right now. So, you know, they're trying to convince people to shift. Um, they're, the, the shift of off-premise sales due to the pandemic has increased demand, basically, um so for packaged beverage alcohol and non-alcoholic beverages so um it's potential that this is going to be a long-term issue like even past um august or i'm sorry even past um 2021 so they're urging um smaller brewers who are at risk who will be impacted um you know to seek alternative packaging methods um Basically, you know, go with the growler or go with, yeah. you know, bottles or whatever you can do um, because they've just came straight out and said, listen, you smaller brewers, we're probably not going to fulfill your orders. We're looking for the larger orders so that we don't have to swap out um, molds basically or or prints uh, so that they could just do larger prints, get those done and, and, you know, be more expeditious on certain orders. So they're looking at larger orders that they can fulfill – you know, mass quantities, and the smaller guys are not going to get. Basically, if you're not able to order more than a truckload of aluminum cans, then you're probably not going to be getting aluminum yeah. cans. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: yeah, really, really crazy, man. Could you? That imagine? is crazy. I can't it's, believe it. We it's ran not really out a, of aluminum. <laughs> it's not really a problem. I think we. I, I would think we would ever have, but. I could definitely see where that's coming from. But I, I have seen a lot of breweries locally <clears throat> um, adopting this crowler. So it's like a growler, but a can, right? It's a large, I don't know exactly what the, uh, It's maybe 64 ounces maybe, 32 ounces maybe, but it's a, just a giant can, right, uh, that you can refill <clears throat> um, and pick up from your breweries. Nice. But yeah, I mean, I guess, I think maybe what would be cool is like these, some of these local breweries um, doing something like, it's like the old school um milk jug days right the old glass yeah. milk bottle days it's like hey if you bring your own milk bottle or you bring our ours back like we'll cut you a you know a couple bucks off the top right you know we'll save some money that way give you a little bit of uh incentive to bring some glass in so that way we're not having to spend so much money on cans and kind of help turn this whole thing around but oh dude stuff great idea
1: great idea or just I should work I mean in, I
0: should work in marketing or something i don't know what
1: I think you should, oh my god,
0: <laughs> oh man,
1: or just use a, I mean a growler right a growler fulfills that need just go hand him the growler say I want this yeah, and, yeah exactly, know, just yeah, go back great. three times a day get that growler filled every day three times a day i mean you know?
0: they they usually charge like twenty some dollars for a growler like for the actual physical bottle I mean yeah. usually it comes in, it, in includes a fill right but why not, you know, offer the growler for free if you're going to save money on the long term and say, hey, we'll give you this growler for free. But every time you come back, you know, incentivize them to come back and then cut a couple of dollars off the top, you know. Um, oh, yeah, dude, for each, definitely each fill up. So you're encouraging them to come back. You're saving money on cans. And, you know, you're not losing that much money by, you know, giving a small discount on a large fill up. I, w- I wouldn't think. But, you know, I'm obviously not in the brewery business, but
1: That's, you know, that's that's the strategy that I would lean towards, man.
0: Um, Yeah. Maybe we should go talk to some
1: brewers, let them know. Hey, but they're probably already thinking this. You would you would hope so.
0: Yeah. So, you know, uh, I would say definitely go check out the Growlers at your local brewery. And also just a quick plug. Thanks to my wife for uh, reminding me of this one um august is actually virginia craft beer month so another reason if you need another reason (laughs) to go support your local breweries in virginia for any of our listeners that are in virginia make sure you go check them out nice i will definitely be doing that all august long every day (laughs) every day (laughs) every day
1: you know what i'm ready to talk about i think i do is it (laughs) ufc shenanigans
0: Oh my gosh, how did you
1: know? That's like I it's like I can read your mind, man. It's weird. I don't or know. We,
0: or like you can read our show notes document. Yeah, that's
1: that's <laughs> that's more like it. Let's go ahead and transition, dude. Let's do it. UFC shenanigans
0: what do we yeah, got going buddy. on now yes so we're gonna keep it kind of high level we're gonna move through this pretty fast you guys probably know this if you listened to our last couple episodes we started a new spin off series called weigh-ins i'm sorry big john mccarthy we did not know that your podcast was called weigh-in or weighing In. Weigh- it's weighing in a little different, so I think we're in the clear, but yeah, um, weigh ins. Make sure you check that out. It's on Tuesday nights. We record that, usually release on Thursday or um, Wednesdays the next day after recording it. And we focus 100% of our time on talking about the UFC because we love the sport, we know you guys love the sport. Um, so check that out. But we've got some stories here that we want to talk about before they're old news. And the biggest one that we're going to talk about is the confirmation. Of the Khabib and Justin Gaethje fight. I believe it's October 28th, I want to say, just off the top of my head. October 24th, actually. Ah, so close.
1: So close.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so they confirmed that fight. Um, You can see the, the picture here on the screen. But what's maybe more interesting we mentioned it I think in our last weigh-ins episode Dana White came out and said hey you know if Khabib wants to retire at 30 and 0 which he just said that he wants to do that means he's got two fights left one is obviously the fight with Justin Gaethje to solidify the belt for that division um, but if he wants to fight GSP next because they've tried to make that fight happen before or Khabib and GSP maybe but not the UFC didn't want to go for it um, then we'll make it happen so Joe what you're seeing here is a is an Instagram picture from Joe Rogan and he's commenting how exciting he, he how excited he is about this fight um but there are a couple comments that come through one of which is from Khabib himself and he says um well I can't actually read it it's too small on my end but
1: it says October Justin and April GSP.
0: yeah so there you go Khabib has kind of set it out for us he's laid out what his plan is really the only thing we need at this point is a uh, confirmation from gsp i think i think so right
1: because there's probably going to be a lot of money involved here and oh my gosh i'm gee, interested that. to know if gsp is even willing to do something like that
0: i think i saw actually a t- it was, it was i think it was a post on instagram or maybe somebody's reshared a, a tweet on instagram or something um of him saying like you know well here i was thinking i could just relax but now i guess you know i can't remember exactly what it was but He implied, like, he recognized he's being kind of called out, um, and, and, you know, he didn't say no. So,
1: I can't wait to see if that fight happens, but I feel like we're kind of, like, just looking past Justin Gaethje right now, and, I mean... Should we be doing that? I feel like he's actually a good contender. I mean, I actually watched some of his fights earlier today. Just I actually went back and just watched some of them and um you could see like he he had two losses and then he came back and he's just been demolishing people. Like oh, yeah. he was he was tearing people up before those two losses, but like it just lit a fire under him. Um and he's a Division 1 All-American wrestler. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Khabib has, has you know wrestled against any Division One All-Americans yet. Um, but you know he usually takes people down and ground and pounds them and controls them the whole time. I'm interested yeah. to see if he can do that to Gaethje.
0: Yeah, well, the interesting thing about Gaethje is he's never once attempted a takedown in the UFC. I learned that fact listening to a, his, his podcast interview with Joe Rogan. He's literally never once... Attempted a takedown in the UFC. He's defended. He's been on the ground, but he's never attempted it himself, um, which yeah. that's just crazy to me. Having you know that much experience in wrestling and not wanting to use it, um, but his striking is so insane. He's such a wild man. Um, right. I, I agree with you. I think we're definitely doing a disservice to Justin by not mentioning him and how um, critical this is. I mean, Khabib's got to be a little bit hesitant. He, you know, and this is actually an interesting point. You know. I hate to kind of use this as like a con for Khabib, but his dad just passed away. He's obviously dealing with that emotional you right. know, the repercussions of that emotionally. Um but if he's already thinking about his fight after Justin, he's thinking about GSP. Dude, he better not sleep on Justin Gaethje. He better not just, I know. He better not count that a win because Justin like to like you said, man, he's just been running through people. So Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I couldn't be I couldn't be more excited for for this fight. But I, I got a question What's do you up? think do you think Khabib would actually retire? Do you think this is actually, you know, in in the near future?
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, I think he probably would. I don't think he really he probably just doesn't have like the passion for it as much anymore, and he's just beating everyone, and it's just a lot of you know, it's probably just like a lot you know for somebody because like he's like super famous over in russia you know like everybody knows who he is and he's made enough money now where like he doesn't really need anything else and he's a devout he's very religious and right right you know so i don't i don't think that he really cares about it you know i think he's just kind of doing it and you know he's reached the top and it's you know always lonely at the top so i feel like he's probably i don't see him going for very much longer
0: Right. I, I I had a thought. I was like, you know, there's so much talent coming out of Dagestan, where he's from Dagestan, Dagestan, however you say it. Um, there's, I mean, there's so many people coming out of, of Dagestan, even though I think that guy who just won two back-to-back fights, I can't remember his name. Komet how you pronounce it.
1: Meev, Meshayev, or Ka- yeah, Kaz- I Kazmat? Is he it's
0: out of Dagestan, or is he uh, it's just somewhere in Russia, right? I can't remember.
1: Uh, yeah, no, uh, I can't remember either. I don't want to misstate
0: it. Yeah, I, I know there was a story where this guy... <clears throat> whatever you said his name was just now said that he flew literally flew to Ireland yeah, um, to like find <laughs> how crazy is this? He, he was mad at Connor for what he said about Khabib, you know, and disrespecting that culture and religion or whatever. So yeah. he gets on a plane, flies to Ireland. They don't let him in the country for whatever reason. Um, so he can't, but his plan was like to go beat up Connor McGregor in Ireland. I'm like, what, <laughs> you know, just a, that's a weird story
1: dude this it's a weird world that we live in where somebody can get on a plane fly to another country just because they have some beef right yeah, it's that's, like he gets off
0: the plane he's like i'm looking for conor mcgregor it's <laughs> just like take take me to him yeah take me to conor like what that's a terrible terrible russian accent but yeah <laughs> um you know <laughs> work on that <laughs> so the guy so the guy in the airport just like okay yeah i'll take you to conor yeah uh, <laughs> But, anyways, that's besides the point. Um, you guys, let me know scale of one through ten. How was my Russian accent? Um, <laughs> ten. So, so my my thought was like, okay, there's so much talent coming out of of Dagestan, out of Russia. His dad was a coach for so long. You know, his, his primary coach. I wonder if I wonder if Khabib would ever get into like a coaching sort of role to continue oh, yeah. his like career in like fighting, <clears throat> but not being a fighter himself like continue to coach some of these guys
1: dude like 30 years from now I wouldn't be surprised if Khabib's got like a whole you know following of people that are just like learning his ways in in MMA and you know he's going to be like a head coach at some point like I I wouldn't be surprised dude
0: right yeah you know yeah I agree so um, moving on from that we've got another fight confirmation which actually is is very interesting in the featherweight division Zabit versus Yair. Rodriguez. I'm not gonna try to pronounce Zabit's last name. Um you can try it if you want. But, Magomed uh, Shadi- Magomed Shadipov. There you go. There you go. I think you nailed it. I'm pretty I sure think that I was fucking
1: stuck that landing. Excuse my German. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got
0: you activated the Rona. Oh no.
1: Oh no. Not like uh, this
0: so that that matchup has been confirmed i believe they tried to make this fight before but something happened and it didn't work out um yep.
1: yair got afraid
0: got afraid he was scared he's too yeah. scared
1: danaway kicked him out of the ufc for like a week because of it
0: really dude I yeah don't remember he, this.
1: he wouldn't take the fight and so dana was like well, i don't want you in the ufc if you're not going to take fights and then they had a phone call and like work things out and blah, blah 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 but whoa yair's like a i don't know man I don't got a whole lot of respect for Yair. After his Jeremy Stevens fight, and then after the Zabit thing, he just like kind of seems disrespectful to people and yep. doesn't play by the rules. You know, it's kind of the Yair Rodriguez show. You know,
0: true. Good point. Good point. But regardless, both very talented individuals. Yeah. Um, and it's an, an, an arguably, um, you know, whoever wins this fight is potentially in line in some way to fight Alexander Volkanovsky. Good
1: point. And I'm going to use that to go ahead and and segue into this next uh, uh, portion of, of Alexander actually weighing in on on his, you know, one of two title fights, basically, that's coming up. You know, one of two opponents for the next, uh, you know, defense of his title, basically. Is it going to be yep. Zombie or is it going to be Zabit? Which is very interesting that he said Zombie or Zabit because Zombie's fighting Ortega yep. and Zabit is fighting Rodriguez. And Alexander, I think, uh, or Vol- I'm sorry, Volkanovsky thinks that... Um, You know, he's kind of counting out those other two guys. He's saying, yeah, it's probably going to be Zombie or Zabit. He says, I guarantee you if Zombie (laughs) knocks out Ortega or Zabit knocks out or does a crazy submission to Yair, I guarantee you guys are going to be like, that's the fight I want. You guys will be, everyone will be. So that's the fight I want. I want an exciting fight. And I want a person that everyone goes, that has to be the guy. He's going to do it, man. I hope I am the underdog. I mean, I love it. I love people saying this is the guy that's going to take him out. And then I go out and prove them wrong again. So yep. you have to, I don't know if I did him justice by saying it, but I, I did
0: my no, best. I think, I think you did a great job, man. I think you did a great job. That is yeah. interesting though, that he would just automatically count out Brian Ortega because, or, or, or Yair also, um, you know, both of those guys are definitely worthy contenders. I personally, we, we talked about this at length before on our on our uh, weigh-ins episode, that I don't really see Zabit beating Alexander Volkanovski. I don't um, either. Ortega, and I think you and I talked about it, we thought that Ortega would potentially win that fight with Korean Zombie. Um, but honestly, I think either Zombie or Ortega would, would stand a better shot against Volkanovski than Zabit. Um, just just purely based on fighting style alone. So Yeah. Um,
1: I I actually don't have either of those guys winning. I have... I have Ortega beating Zombie, and I have Rodriguez beating Zabit. Um, And and I do think that um, either Ortega or Rodriguez do stand a chance against uh, Volkanovski. I don't think Zabit or Zombie could beat Volkanovski, though, but that's just my opinion. So maybe this is some kind of like mind games kind of thing. It's very possible. Yeah, where like possible. he's trying to get under their skin and and get certain
0: people to win fights or something. I'm not sure it's weird, right? Yeah, definitely. So, I think we should go ahead and move on from that. We'll keep, we'll pro- provide some updates on that on Tuesday's show if anything changes, but moving on from that, uh this is interesting because Paige VanZant. We've talked about her recently. You know, she had her comeback fight not too long ago. She was stopped in the first round. She was talking a lot of trash about not getting paid. Dana White was like, "Hey, you know, if you're going to talk all this stuff about not getting paid and then you get taken out in the first round, then maybe you should look elsewhere for, you know, a contract. So her contract yeah. expired. Now there's very clear signs that she's looking at signing a, tra- a contract with bare knuckle FC. If you- oh, gosh, dude. If you guys oh. don't know bare knuckle FC, it is what it sounds like. It's a, uh, you know, kind of like UFC, but they don't wear gloves of any sort. Um, they just straight up, straight up box with no gloves on, man. Just straight up bare knuckles. yeah Yeah. just they do
1: wrist wraps and that's it
0: it's insane um and and
1: people's faces get messed up which is really weird because Paige van zandt's kind of like a poster child right and exactly you know she's got a pretty face so it's like why would she go and risk you know potential you know future (coughs) you know money making endeavors for fight fc well, yeah, I mean, dude, she FC. she
0: just did Dancing with the Stars, right? Like she very she very apparently, you know, is making use of her appearance for you know money making endeavors, like you like you said, right? Yeah. Um, so why would in, in in the heavens <laughs> would you <laughs> sign with Bare Knuckle FC? I just can't understand that unless they're paying her like ridiculous amounts of money, which I can't imagine they are. Um, but my 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 what what made me curious about this was just the thought, like. I wonder if these promotions are actually going out right now and like almost bidding on Paige Van Zant coming to sign with them purely because, you know, the audience that they think that she would bring along with her. You know what I mean? Right. Um, she's not the best fighter in the UFC by any stretch of the imagination, but she's not the worst and she's got a pretty reputable name. Um, like you said, she's the poster child purely because yep. of her looks Um right. You know, it's just, so I'm I'm curious, like if beyond bare, bare knuckle FC, are there other promotions out there that would pay lots of money more than the UFC just to have that recognition? You know,
1: you would think so. I don't know though. Like you would, if they're like a free agency kind of thing or, you know, how those contracts work. I know they're, I think, I'm pretty sure they're all free agents, but it's like, yeah, I mean, it's ultimately her decision on which opportunity to take. And, you would assume that she's taken a she's going to get paid handsomely, you know. I would hope so. More than the UFC's paying her, I certainly hope so. Yeah. But who knows, you know? Yeah,
0: I, I I can't even imagine being a male and going into that bare knuckle FC. I mean, you're just getting cut up constantly, man. I guess the one thing you could say is that knockouts probably happen more frequently because there's less padding. Yeah, um, but still you're getting cut up everywhere. I can't imagine what your face looks is going to look like in three years, you know.
1: Gosh. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea, but I want to go
0: ahead and move on anyway. Yeah, let's do it.
1: Um, So one real quick thing, you know, um, a lot of controversy right now about Dan Hardy and the Herb Dean um, stoppage of the fight. And then there was also a shove that happened that fight. Um, not that fight, but there was another fight during the during that same event. Um, where Mark Goddard got shoved by one of the, uh, one of the fighters. And so that fighter got disqualified and, and Dana wanted to come out and just kind of say, give a stern warning to everybody, but also give a stern warning to Dan Hardy that this is unacceptable behavior. And if anybody goes to approach a, um, referee that, you know, he will fire them. Essentially. He just like, was like, no, don't, or I'm going to fire you. Yeah. Um, yeah it's just it's it's not acceptable, everybody has their own job in the ring and i'm going to reference a video. you guys should go check it out. Herb Dean posted a video um, I think like uh, half a day ago, maybe a full day now, and um, basically you know indicated that there's only two people, everybody in that arena there's no fans in that arena. everybody that's in that arena has a- partici- a, a very specific job to do right, yeah. and there's two people besides Herb Dean that can request to stop the fight officially that can stop the fight Re- officially. Right. So that's the physician, right? That's the doctor. He can actually shout out, stop the fight. And Herb Dean can confirm. And then that guy can actually stop the fight. Right. Who else can stop the fight? The fighters corner is the only other. Those are the only other people that, that are allowed to stop the fight. Anybody outside of them, it doesn't matter what you say. Yeah. They're not going to stop the fight because of you. All that you're doing is adding confusion to the situation. Oh yeah. Because he might interpret that as being the physician or the corner and Herb Dean doing his due diligence afterward went and spoke to the physician said, "Did you say to stop the fight?" And then he went to the corner and he talked He didn't talk to the corner, he talked to like the corner security and said, you know did did they did they shout out to stop the fight and they said no that's not what happened so he said well then there's no reason anybody should have shouted out stop the fight and then he went on further to say there's a bunch of different checks that we do as referees and going back and looking at it everything made sense he had both of his arms in between himself right. and the opponent he had his knee in the air he basically had three points of defense defending him from the opponent, not only that, his head was up off the mat, indicating that he was not knocked out. So those signs are things that the referees are trained. It's a part of their process to look for. So if anybody out there is listening right now and you're on Dan Hardy's side, I think you should reevaluate, right? I think you should reevaluate. Go check out Herb Dean's um, uh, you know, description of, of of how things went from his point of view and you know get a better understanding of it. I think that Dan Hardy is completely in the wrong.
0: I think it was unprofessional and honestly it was just distasteful. I didn't I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to see it. No, not at all. I think Dan Hardy honestly should issue a formal apology. If he wants to continue to to be a color commentator in the sport. I think he needs to uh, mm. <clears throat> he needs to publicly apologize number 1 to Herb Dean, then to the fans and then to Dana White to say like listen, that was a mistake. I was too emotionally invest- invested. Um, This is a guy that I've watched fight. You know, I'm kind of friends with this guy. You know, my emotions got the best of me, you know, so I don't know. I I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah, man.
1: I I, I like your thought, too. I think he needs to I think he needs to apologize publicly. So we'll we'll see what happens. Do it, Dan. Just do do it, man. Do the right thing. Yes. And so that brings us to the end of our UFC shenanigans. Next segment, guys. Talking tech. Are you ready for it? I am. I'm so ready. So ready. Let's do this. Talking tech, we're back. Are you guys ready to learn about some technology news? I hope so,
0: because we got a lot of it. So, starting us, kicking us off here, really quick, want to want to just shout out Huawei. That's how you pronounce it. H U A. Really, Huawei, Huawei. I didn't know that. Um, I don't know. Some people probably pronounce it differently, but I'm pretty sure I I used to be pretty closely tied to the. Android phone sort of industry. I did some freelance writing for some, some industry uh, press sites. But Huawei officially surpassed Apple and Samsung in total device shipments in Q2 of 2020. So what you're seeing on the screen now is the Huawei, the Huawei P40 Pro. It's their latest uh, device to have released. Um, but this is the first time, the first time that a manufacturer other than Samsung or Apple has held the top spot on this list. Wow. So, if you guys don't know, Huawei is a Chinese phone manufacturer. Um, you know, so they've been a they've been a major player in the space for many, many years at this point, predominantly in the Asian markets, um, and that's no exception here either. The Chinese market is actually accounts for seventy two percent of the shipments, um, <clears throat> in which has driven them to be in the top spot compared to Samsung, also an Asian manufacturer, but in South Korea. Um, uh, China only accounts for one percent of their total shipments. So if that kind of puts things in perspective of how dominant Huawei is in the China Chinese market, there's some other manufacturers out there. Obviously, Apple has a big stake in the Chinese market, but there's some others like Xiaomi out there. You know, I think Motorola maybe it might be out there as well. But um, this is interesting though. It's it's interesting to see them at the top of the list primarily because if you guys haven't heard, Huawei's had some some snafus. I would say. With many government, with many governments, not just the United States, but pr- it's probably most heavily reported in the United States. Huawei's actually been banned. They're under a trade ban with the United States, and that's because they're close because of their close relationship with the Chinese government. There's a lot of concerns over is the government is the Chinese government using the Huawei devices um, and other equipment to potentially, you know, aid in intelligence gathering, you know, for the Chinese Chinese government, essentially spying. Um, Not exclusive to cell phones, though Huawei's um, networking equipment that they produce was banned in 2012, way back in 2012, before these smartphones were ever even, you know, as popular as they are today. That equipment was banned from the United States because of the same reason. Um, these phones now, under the Trump's Trump's administration, these phones have been banned from using the five G networks in the United States. So even if you do get your hands on a on a Huawei phone, and it is still possible, you can actually still buy Huawei phones as a, as an American, you know, citizen. Um, but and you can still get them on GSM networks, which is like AT and T and t mobile I believe you can't get them on sprint you can't get them on Verizon you can't buy them through any carriers but you can still activate them through AT&T and I'm um, sorry AT&T and T-Mobile I believe I uh, might want to fact check me on that one but um, okay. if you do happen to purchase one of these things you should know that you will not have access to any Google Play services you will not be able to get Gmail you will not be able to get the Google Play Store you cannot get Google period um so you'll have to exclusively use Huawei's um, first-party app store to download all your apps, and they do not have most of the big popular apps like Instagram, Facebook. I think they have some kind of like Facebook workaround, but not the, not the primary app. Um, so there's definitely some trade-offs, and it's a shame, honestly, because what you see on the screen here is the P40 Pro. These are real deal flagship devices. Like, you know, they're not these knockoff devices. These are flagship ship. Um, devices that compete head-to-head with Samsung quality, with Apple quality. They're beautiful devices. They've got impressive camera systems. Not the best cameras on the market, but the one you're seeing here on the screen is 5G capable. It's got a 10 times optical zoom lens on the Pro Plus. Um, You know, you pay a very similar price to what you would pay with Samsung's more premium models as well. But I just found found that interesting. Even in light of these bands, which are, you know, no matter who has a Huawei, Huawei device, you can't access Google services. Google no longer works with Huawei. So, despite that, they're still outpacing Samsung and Apple in terms of device shipments. I thought that was pretty impressive.
1: Well, it's mostly because it's overseas, right? And there's more. There's just more people in China,
0: right? Yeah, I mean it's definitely a population thing. But um, but like I said, I mean Apple still has a large presence in China. Samsung still has a, a, a high presence in. Uh, well, it's one percent, but you know, 1% of how many of our devices they actually ship still a lot of devices. So it's just, it's just interesting to see like Apple and Samsung, you know, know, those are the most predominantly heavily marketed devices, uh, most popular devices, especially in the United States. But you know, people don't understand there, there are other manufacturers out there that can, can and one day might possibly be more popular.
1: It's kind of weird because like, if you went over to like China, it would be like, the Samsung over there would be like the LG of America. I feel like you know, just like not popular, no one's using it, and <laughs> yeah. you know. But interesting, um, uh, you know, things constantly change, right? Um, Apple wasn't always the big, you know, you know, cell phone provider that it's that it is now, and you know, Samsung certainly wasn't. And I'm trying to think of like who was who was it it was like blackberry was right Motor- i think yeah, it, was it was well
0: motorola and blackberry pretty much yeah motorola was definitely the cell phone uh leader before smartphones um
1: yeah so it's just a constantly changing thing you know it's it'll probably be different in 10 years we might not even who knows you know who knows what it's gonna see. look like in 10 years so very cool very interesting um you know anything else i guess to share about no that's uh, that's it man
0: just thought it was interesting for sure
1: yeah um i I, i've never seen a huawei i've never seen it in person so
0: (laughs) i actually don't think uh, i have actually either but i know just through like working in that industry like for a short period of time freelance i've known people who have owned them and loved the devices so that but that was before the google you know the google sort of ban so i'm not sure what they did with them afterwards
1: yeah you know you know trump putting a a five g a ban on them to use five g is i feel like that's probably uh, uh lobbyists from Apple and Samsung or something coming <laughs> in you know you never so, know
0: dude you never know
1: yeah who knows anyway um i'm gonna go ahead and uh give us a little bit of information about some uh new patents from valve um so valve uh submitted a a, a patent request a year ago. Um, you know, the patent application was uh, just recently approved. I think it was actually earlier today or yesterday. Um, oh, it was published today. Got it. Okay, so the wireless data... So basically what this is doing is they're trying to get a wireless VR system. Valve right now... Um, doesn't have a, uh, a competitor against, um, you know, the wireless uh, Oculus Quest systems, right? It's all got to be wired up and very limited uh, on certain things. Uh, certainly, if you're wired in, um, you can't move about as you would as you would want to. So basically, this wireless data transport system that they're, that they're um, getting a patent for is uh, you know, it includes an electrically steerable antenna, which I found very interesting. It does some tracking subsystem, um, and is op. It's operative. Uh, that is operative to track a mobile wireless device, basically. So right now, everything's like static in the headsets, the head-mounted displays. Uh, so what they're trying to do is have something that is actually <laughs> basically tracks. Not o- like not only is it like in the headset, and it's not static. It's actually tracking your controllers or whatever you may have like f- like physically tracking it not just like systematically tracking tracking it which is very weird um you know it can also track you know tablet computers smartphones um and it also is going to have a, uh, a potential for having this added uh, um functionality which is a predicted future position or orientation of the mobile wireless device receiving the data so it'll be able to predict where it's going to be fucking time travel man it's weird <laughs> um <laughs> you know so uh with with this type of tracking it actually inherently allows for the uh buffering time to be decreased uh which coincides with the latency as well so um very very weird that they found a way uh, around this implementing kind of a, a, just another physical implementation to, uh, help with, you know, the, you know, the virtual, uh, the virtual realm there, I guess, uh, for okay. kind of a pun there, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to say about it. I just think that they're, we're going to keep seeing small incremental changes yep. and, you know, something like this, uh, decreased, uh, buffering time and latency is, is certainly, uh, what they need, in the right. VR space in order to, you know, hit consumers
0: worldwide. Yeah, definitely. I think you get rid of the wires. You get you just continue to get rid of some of these, like, barriers to entry. The cost is obviously coming down, you know, in some of these things. You, the system requirements are most likely coming – well, they are coming down because you can get the, the Quest, which is, you know, built-in compute, right? Um, right, right. You know, so you get rid of some of those things that – Prevent people from jumping ship and trying out VR, including myself. Like the the last VR experience I had was Google Cardboard, which is just complete garbage, it's trash. Yeah, complete yeah. garbage. Actually, you know, Google's attempt to make it VR kind of accessible and get people interested, but what they actually did was turn people off of VR because it was such a bad yeah, yeah. experience. Um, yeah, exactly. So I, I I mean these kind of things. Like if you get rid of the cables, you make it easier. You make it more affordable. You're only you're just going to have more people try it out, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. hopefully I'll be one of those people, you know, so I'm excited about this,
1: especially, you know, during these times where like you can't really go to the gym, right? You just pop a headset on and do like a virtual workout, which I've done plenty of times. It's really fun. Actually, it's not even it's like you're just playing a game, you know, you're just playing a game and and, but you're getting a workout. in. so, you know, really, really cool. The only thing with wireless is that you're losing out on some of the processing power. So, you know, I'm sure there's solutions for that. Uh, that you know they 'll have to solve for smaller you know head mounted displays you know with more power packed into them, but I mean, shoot dude, we have these in our pockets every day, so it 's like we yeah. got everybody 's got a cell phone, so I mean, if you could have this much computing power in a cell phone, right. they can do it on a head mounted display just it's do just it a the matter cloud. of time
0: it's just do the cloud man, just like uh google 's you know whatever their cloud gaming platform is called can 't remember it right now, but um yeah, just process everything in the cloud, send it down.
1: Yeah, so speaking of virtual reality and, and you know what the future holds for us, uh, um, Elon Musk is uh, going to provide an update on Neuralink. So if you don't know what Neuralink is, it was a project that was unveiled a year ago um, and basically uh, is um, taking a leap into the field of brain-computer interfaces, BCIs, uh, so putting putting technology on your brain uh, yeah so okay uh, let me let me give you a little bit more about this right so august 28th is is when we're going to get the update definitely look up some Neuralink stuff if you don't know anything about it very interesting so um during the uh during the the update on the august 28th uh elon musk has said that they'll be able to show neurons firing in real time um so i don't know what that means it's kind of ominous and they haven't given any details except for his very vague tweet just telling us that it's going to be on the 28th and we're going to see neurons firing so interesting um, yeah very interesting i I definitely want to check this out so the company's first implant is targeted for disabled and or um diseased patients with damaged uh, brain function functions such <laughs> as sp- <laughs> uh, <laughs> such as spinal cord injuries whoops such as spinal cord injuries right <coughs> so um, you know people that aren't able to walk potentially this uh, could uh, create some type of uh, you know close the gap there somehow so yeah. the implant uh, is supposed to attach to an external device that can be easily removed when not in use. Uh, It's said to be capable of measuring spikes in brain's electrical current. The end goal is reading, processing, and eventually writing information back to neurons via these tiny flexible threads. These tiny, like, you know, five or six, I think it's N, N, U, M, U. I can't remember, but it's like, I, I, it's, it's like, you know, much smaller than a strand of hair, basically, kind of threads right that will
0: that will tie into your brain what do you think about this dude i think it's crazy man i think uh elon actually came on joe rogan's podcast again not too long ago if you guys don't know i'm a joe rogan podcast fanatic but um and he actually said that eventually we will be able to communicate with each other without talking if everyone's got these neural links attached to our skulls you know we can communicate with each other without actually talking which is just mind-boggling to me um, I guess that's because you the the Neuralink you know reads your brain your thoughts, read your thoughts, man. I don't know. I Hope you got some I'm... good end to end encryption on those bad boys. But you can send those thoughts to somebody else's Neuralink. Sounds uh, real sketchy to me.
1: This <laughs> is very scary. <laughs>
0: yeah, like how do you um... prevent? You're like, okay, I want to tell this guy that uh, I want to buy this car, but I'm also thinking simultaneously this guy has a really large nose. Like, yeah. <laughs> how do I filter that part out?
1: <laughs> that was very that was a much more innocent. I was thinking much worse than
0: that. I know. Um, I know. We all were, but, but I found a good way to kind of position that.
1: <laughs> bravo, bravo. But um yeah, man, I don't know, kind of scary, kind of cool. Um interested to see what the potential here is. Um, but you know, to help disabled or diseased, uh, folks with, with real problems, um, certainly that's good. I just don't know how far we should go with this from like an ethical standpoint, yeah.
0: but yeah, I'm not sure, man. It's the scary thing about everything, dude. I mean, like even with this coronavirus stuff, and they're talking about like contact tracing and using your phone and giving access to these different agencies to say like okay well with because of your phone's gps system we know who you've been in contact with once you've been diagnosed positive we can say okay you've been you've been within six feet of like a 100 people here's who they are here's who they've been in con- like it's just you're giving up your privacy um and if you don't know about it you guys can look into this stuff on your own i didn't read a lot about it because i can't stand legal stuff that much but um facebook amazon and apple were, i think google as well we're all involved in some antitrust hearings that were ongoing throughout the week, um, and basically the government's saying like, "Hey, here's a lot of commonalities between these big giant tech companies and where they're kind of like pressing against the kind of edge of what the law allows, and they're you know they're 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 going beyond kind of like what some of our privacy expectations are, is the way I understand it." Um, and they're they're trying to kind of crack down on this kind of stuff. So, if you're somebody that's concerned about your privacy, you might want to look into these these hearings um, and think about how that how that could impact things moving forward, such as Neuralink.
1: Yeah, it's kind of going against our like uh, First Amendment rights, right? So, yeah, um, you know, if you want to defend yourself and you know maintain those rights, then um, probably you know get involved a little bit. Um, I did actually share a photo on the screen. Um, you know, so you guys get a get an idea of like what this is going to look like. There's an attachment, there's a receiver, you know, and it, there's wires then that are going into your brain and are actually attached to you know neuron pads that are yeah. sitting on your brain. So, I don't know, man. Before you was,
0: before you look at this photo and say, "I'll try that out," just remember, you got to put these on your brain. Okay, you're not just putting this on your skull. You got to put some holes in your head. Stick those in there. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, so Elon Musk, man, dude's crazy. I don't know how he manages so many companies. Like, what can he not do? He's he's doing he's doing mind control. I call this like mind control almost, right? It's like yeah. super sci-fi mind control. Not really, but you know, kind of. I mean, you're controlling the mind and like helping Could it to be. do what it needs to do, right? For these people who are disabled, which I think is great. But he does that all the way to space travel. He does it all, man. It's crazy. But st- sticking with that space theme, we've got some news out of NASA, actually. If you guys haven't seen this already. NASA launched another Mars rover yesterday. This one's called the perseverance. It's on a mission to find them aliens. It's going to find some aliens. Oh man. What? Uh, I'm exaggerating a little bit. It's basically going out. It launched yesterday morning. It's not going to get there until February, 2021. It takes a while to get there guys. You might be surprised. It's not a quick trip, Um, but essentially it's going to do the same thing that most Mars rovers have done. It's there to take soil samples, to find evidence of life billions, billions, billions and billions years ago. Um, so you're definitely not looking for uh, existence of intelligent life forms, but it's really just out there to, it's, it's, I read some more about it. It's landing in a specific um, impact zone on Mars where there's a, there's a crater and I've they've seen through telescopes and imaging that there used to be a river that flowed into this, this uh, crater. And it has signs of, um, you know prehistoric life, so they're going to be looking for that. They're going to be looking for those sort of signs. Um, interestingly enough, though, there's no capability of the rover in the, the image that you're seeing on the screen. If you're looking in your if you're listening to this in your car, I would say check out our, our our YouTube episode so you can see a picture of this thing. It's about the size of a small SUV. There's a guy standing in front of a replica of the Perseverance, but it looks pretty high tech, um, pretty cool little sensors and cameras and things on it. But the samples that it takes, it's essentially going to be taking them back to like a storage sort of area where later they will send another ship up um, with a rocket on it so they can collect those samples and take them back to Earth. So that could be up to a decade later that they get that results back. Um, but I've got a couple little quick facts here about the Perseverance in case you're interested. What's new about this thing? Well, number one, it's faster. It's got a tougher set of six wheels. It's got more computing power. It can auto- autonomously navigate 200 meters per day. I don't know how many miles that is, but it's probably a lot. Um, and it's like I said, it's about the size so you, of. A, wait, wait. 200 kilometers. 200 meters. 200, 200 meters. I don't that's know how many. That's not very far. I know there's three meters in a yard.
1: <laughs> yeah, two hundred meters is like nothing. That's like that's like a that's like two football fields basically. How many miles
0: is 200 meters?
1: It's not even a mile.
0: It's point one two miles. Okay, that's not very much. That's not very much at all. It's supposed to be very technologically advanced. But I guess there's probably a lot of probably a lot of uh stuff that goes into that. Obviously it's probably powered by solar panels recharging the batteries and things like that. So, you know, apparently this is better than the last one. So, you know, kudos to NASA. But it's uh it weighs a metric ton. A ton. It weighs a metric ton, as much as a car. Has nineteen cameras, two microphones. Scientists hope that it'll be the first to record sound on Mars. Oh, wow. How freaking cool is that, dude? The sounds. We're going to hear Martians. We're going to hear the sounds of another planet. How cool is that? Um, you know what it's going to sound like? What? Not, nothing. It's <laughs> not going to sound like anything. <laughs> it's going to sound like this. It's a bunch do, of wind. Do, do. <laughs> yeah. Then, like, all of a sudden, you're going to hear this.
1: Killing me! <laughs> <laughs> the scientists are going to Cameron... report back.
0: We've heard the we've heard the first inter interterrestrial fart.
1: <laughs> Camera's going to whip around. and you can see this giant green brain? <laughs> oh no! Oh no! They have buttholes.
0: <laughs> oh man! So funny. First first. Oh anime man! Fart. Can't wait for that. That was You caught me off guard with that. That was awesome. That was so cool. They're going to be like, yeah, they're gonna be like that's, the sound of, that's the sound of two black holes colliding. Yeah. And, <laughs> nah, brah. Nah, brah. That was an alien fart. I don't care what you yeah, say. Yeah,
1: that was for sure a Martian fart right there. <laughs> Pretty sure that's what we heard just now. Oh, yeah.
0: Wow. Oh, man. All right. So, anyways, um, this is this part I thought was really cool, okay? So, once it lands... We're not just sending up this drivable uh, rover. It's actually going to deploy what's called the Ingenuity Mars Helicopter. It's a 1.8 kilogram, which works out to be about four pounds, aircraft that will attempt to fly in an atmosphere that is only 1% the density of Earth's. So I don't know anything about science, to be honest with you guys, but I think density of the air probably matters in terms of keeping an aircraft afloat. But um, <clears throat> if there's nothing in the air, there's nothing for the propellers to push down to force the thing up. Um, so they're going to yeah. try to fly this thing around. The The idea is to lay down a proof of concept that could one day revolutionize planetary exploration, they say, since rovers, as we discovered just a minute ago, can only cover a few dozen kilometers in their entire lifespan and are vulnerable to sand dunes and other obstacles higher than 40 centimeters. 40 centimeters not very high 15 inches um that's
1: uh quite the cliff there i gotta say
0: (laughs) so (laughs) it's hard to find Um, it's really hard to find farting martians when you're in a rover so maybe these helicopters can do it put
1: a couple drones on mars man be able to explore that whole thing that'd be good
0: yes absolutely (laughs)
1: All right guys, that was the tech the talking tech segment. We're gonna go ahead and uh, get into that gaming grind. Uh, so stick with us. We're gonna transition now And we're back once again. Talking about video games. And, as always, we got some free video games this week from Epic Games. Always bringing you guys the latest free Epic Games. Uh, Starting us off, we got 20XX, uh, which is originally $15. It's a co-op roguelite platformer. um, Action platformer (coughs) that you can play with a friend. Ooh, jump and shoot your way through... Ever challenging levels, collect awesome new powers and battle mighty bosses in the name of saving the human race. Maybe. Oh. Yeah. Um so kind of reminds me of Mega Man, I guess. It kind of looks like Mega Man and I got that uh,
0: vibe too. Definitely got that vibe. Yeah.
1: With a with a co-op twist and uh you know I think um I think next week uh, you and I are probably going to test this game out. So, yeah. you know, if you guys want to see it, go ahead and uh, check us out on YouTube. We'll be posting a video uh, at some point next week uh, where, where, uh, where uh, the Ginger and I have uh, taken a swing at 20xx. Yep. Um, old school graphics, of course. Um, uh, next game we have is uh, Barony. I think I'm saying that right. Another $15 game. It's a rogue uh, roguelite first person dungeon crawler. Uh, kind of looks like Minecraft, actually. Really very does. gritty, very gritty graphics. Um, it's the premier first-person roguelike uh, with co-op, cryptic items, brutal traps, and devious monsters, like those found in classic roguelikes and CRPGs. Uh, conquer the dungeons alone or gather a party uh, of three and, uh, you know, pick some exotic RPG classes. So, uh, you know, very interesting um, concept, I guess. Uh, where you you take the gr- kind of the graphics of of uh, Minecraft and you create like a dungeon crawler essentially, where you have you know you know weapon upgrades and whatnot, and you kind of have your archetype of a of a three player party. You probably have a you know like a warrior and a mage and a and a an archer or something kind of uh, kind of you know archetype going on. So you know that one looks kind of interesting. Not really my style, but you know some of you might find it interesting. So fifteen dollars. Scratch that, free... Free 99. Go get that free 99. Um, Finally, last game, Super Brothers, Sword and Sorcery. It's an $8 game, indie adventure, single player. Um, Basically, your help... You help a wandering warrior monk complete her woeful errand in this game. The landmark action adventure crafted by Super Brothers and the video game Wizards at Cappy, C-A-P-Y, featuring an award-winning original soundtrack by Jim Guthrie. Guys, if you want a beautiful game to play, you know, environmentally, you know, um, aesthetic and just something nice to look at and something nice to listen to and get encapsulated within um go ahead and check this one out and uh and you know give these guys a little bit of love you know it's free and uh keep you guys entertained for a couple hours so you know i thought that that one's pretty nice too so
0: yeah definitely i've already added all these to my library may or may not play any of them but hey why not just add them to to your library why it's free
1: it's free that's yeah i mean. Why not, right? What I, can you I say? Do, it? I do it. Yeah. I'm so, all about it, man.
0: speaking of free, we have got another free-to-play game on the horizon. A very similar to Valorant or Counter-Strike game. It's called Rogue Company. It comes to us from High Res Studios. We mentioned at the very top of the show. It's the. Uh, it like I said, it's a, it's another game very similar to. You're seeing some video on the on the on the show right now. So check that out if you're listening to it in your car. But it's very similar to Valorant, very similar to Counter-Strike. You've got like a buy phase at the beginning of the match. You have multiple rounds. You try to plant a bomb. You try to survive before the enemy team um, kills everyone on your team. They'll they'll win the match, things like that. Um, But right now, it's in in early access. So it's been in beta right now. But if you want early access to the game before it comes out, you can pay between $15 and $54 to get early access. And that also gives you... um, you know, depending on how much you pay, you get so many different characters. If you pay like fifteen bucks, I think you get one or two characters. If you pay fifty-four, it may may unlock all characters. I have to double check that. Um, but you get extra swag for those characters. Like if you've if you've played Valorant, you know you got to spend a lot of real money to get a lot of the swag and um gun skins and things like that so i imagine that if you go ahead and pay this cost up front you'll get a lot of that stuff when the game actually comes out but i would definitely recommend checking out the gameplay footage it looks really fun i think for sure i may actually pay a little bit of money up front just to get a couple of extra characters unlocked a little faster but i'll definitely you know i think the, the beard and i will be 100% checking this out once it is out officially to play
1: Absolutely. Can't wait to roll into battle on this one, man. Yeah. Looks good. Looks interesting. I'm all about it. Yeah. Very cool. Um, You know, so uh, very excited to uh, see that when it comes out. And uh, one last, uh, you know, bit of news here. Um, Battletoads, guys. Battletoads. Um, So if you... um, are you know uh, pre-millennial or millennial (laughs) I guess you could say you know earlier early millennial then you definitely know what Battletoads is. If you're old Um, you know what it is. If you're old like (laughs) me.
0: (laughs) If your joints hurt and you moan when you get out of the bed you know what Battletoads is. (laughs) Yeah basically. So Battletoads
1: um, originally was on the Nintendo. It was actually the first game that i ever played in my entire life i remember when i was just a little wee lad you know uh, having a nintendo my brother and i would go around beating people up with battletoads and the little sticks that you would have and i was not very good at it but you know oh well so um it's going to be uh um released on august 20th of this year so just 20 days from now, it's available on Xbox Game Pass or to purchase on Xbox One and PC. So I'll I'll be picking it up on PC, getting that nostalgia in. Um, for those unfamiliar with Battle Toads, uh, it follows Zitz, Rash, and Pimple. Those Ugh. are the names of these uh, names of these little Ew. toads here, so as gross. they fight off the Dark Queen and her adom- abominable allies in action that takes place across a variety of beat 'em up, platforming, and Racing stages, so good old Zitz Rash and Pimple,
0: you know. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's so gross.
1: Yeah, my favorite was always Pimple. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, man, I'm super excited about that. Hopefully it goes on Epic Games at some point for free yeah. because I want everybody to experience the fantastic uh, Battletoads.
0: Yeah, I, to be um, honest, I've never played that. I, I never had a Nintendo console until... um. I don't think well a Game Boy I had a Game Boy so that counts but I never had like an N64 or a SNES or anything like that I had a couple friends who had those Um, you know my cousin had the Nintendo Cube but beyond that I didn't really get a lot of exposure to Nintendo games so I'm excited to try this out
1: yeah man looks fun Uh, So that's all I had for that. That was the gaming grind, everybody. Um, So we're going to go ahead and transition one more time to our next segment. We're going to give out some some shout outs and we're going to sign off. So um, give us one second. We'll be right back. Time to transition.
0: Uh, welcome to the latest, the last segment of our show, which is shoutouts. Um, we like to every week just kind of give some love, spread some love with our fellow podcasters out there, those who are trying to grow their show. Just like we're trying to grow our show, and talk about some of the guys that we've, um, guys and gals that we've been listening to and really enjoying their shows. So this week, got another comedy podcast that goes by the name of side of ranch, the side of ranch podcast, very creative name. If you ask me also, I love That's ranch. Cool. I just love ranch dressing. Um, me too. I love but it. it's a comedy podcast hosted by two guys, Mike and Ben. They have interviews with comedians, conspiracy theorists, athletes, social influencers, and a lot more, lots of different interview segments, but they do also do host only episodes. where so The two of these guys just kind of go back and forth with each other, do a lot of random character voices. They riff on each other a lot. And just have a great time all together. That's kind of my favorite sort of podcast to listen to. It's just a couple of guys having a good time, which, hey, look, you know, here we are, right? Hey,
1: man, what's up? <laughs> um, so, you looking in the mirror? What's going on? Yeah.
0: so <laughs> They're really funny guys. I've really enjoyed listening to their show. I'd recommend you check them out. You know, if you're looking for another good just sort of interview show that's not quite as serious as something you might find with, like, Mark Marin or, like, um, what's the other guy's name? Not Joe Rogan, but Chris... Um, Man, I cannot think of that guy's name. It's the Chris Hardwick. Oh. Hardwick. Sorry. Jeez. Sorry, oh. Chris Hardwick. The ID10T Podcast. If you're looking for something a little less serious than that, but still very interesting conversations, I definitely recommend you check those guys out. Let them know the Ginger and the Beard sent you. We found them on Instagram. Been communicating with them a little bit there, um, but they are available for download on Apple Podcasts, so make sure you check those guys out.
1: Nice. Definitely
0: will. All right. With
1: that said, I think we have reached the end of our show. Oh, I think uh, I think I just lost you for a second there. Oh, what? Really? Okay, you're back. Oh, thank <gasps> God! I was like, wait, no, what's going to happen? <laughs> that's what's going. Okay. I mean,
0: I, if, if anything, that's probably the best time to lose me is the very end of the show. But what because <laughs> if you would have been gone, I'd have been like. <gasps>
1: All right, guys. Well, I guess that's the end. So see you later. That'd actually be pretty funny. But what I said, I'm not sure
0: if you guys caught it or not. It's probably going to be on the recording. But I said, with that said, I think we've reached the end of our show. So thank you guys so much for joining us for the 23rd episode of the Ginger and the Beard podcast. We really hope you enjoyed what you listened to just now, what you watched on YouTube. If you're watching this or if you're with us live right now on Twitch. If you're not, uh, if you haven't already, please do subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or really whatever your favorite podcast player is. You know, if you like Pocket Casts, if you like Stitcher, if you like Castbox—I could name a hundred right now. You can subscribe to us in any of those places, Google Podcasts as well. And most importantly, if you really want to help us grow the show, please do tell a friend about the show. Anybody who likes technology, video games, UFC, craft beer—you know—we cover a wide spectrum of topics. If you just like you know, to have a good time, have a couple laughs, really just relax at the end of your week. Um, Please do share that along. And like Reese said at the beginning of the show, we're just happy you guys are here. We love seeing our numbers grow each month and more and more downloads, more people that we're reaching. And we love engaging with you guys. So please reach out to us on Instagram, on Twitter, leave us comments on YouTube. And we're we're looking forward to the next one.
1: Absolutely. Can't wait to see you guys on the next one. Thank you so much for listening and um, see you next week. All right. Bye-bye. See ya.